0: it's time for the daily review a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of tv movies and books look for us at daily review on facebook and twitter and dailyreview.com on the web that's d-a-l-e-y review.com this is paul Daly here with my wife caroline hey guys and today we're here to discuss the seventh episode of the third season of USA's Colony. This one called A Clean and Well-Lighted Place.
1: I think that's all that anyone is looking for, Paul.
0: Especially if your name is Katie Bowman.
1: Or Laura Dalton, for that matter. (laughs) Touche, Caroline. (laughs) Touche. Super touche to you, Paul. Let's get talking about Mr. Kynes. Paul, he is quite a character.
0: He's got a few things figured out that no one else has that's for sure i mean he's uh, he might be the smartest guy on the planet at this point
1: i think that that he at, is at least the most in the no man on the planet right from his mushroom cloud artwork on the wall to his strumming of the guitar while the city burns he is a man who's got Plenty of in-the-know moments here.
0: Given that he had stature within the organization before the arrival, it seems like he was sitting in that room with the confidence that, well, you know, they're not going to attack this building because it's where all the other bigwigs live, so... We're probably okay here. But still, he had a little extra confidence. Most people would still be like, there's a war going on outside. I
1: I don't know anyone (laughs) who would not be upset by watching those drones like fly up to the window, unless you knew everything about what was going on with those drones.
0: All the stuff that transpires with the phone and the various dignitaries that he's on. It was a real pleasure to watch some human be able to just wheel and deal, and and really have something over everyone else. I don't know that that's kind of fun to watch. You couldn't watch like entire shows like that, but this show has usually shown people very behind the stick. You know, in terms of being able to negotiate for the things that they want, and and this guy can. He does have the answers he does have the plan he does have the clout he does have the brains to do all of it and the show hasn't had that guy before he
1: is truly the wizard of emerald city and we find out that he negotiates to be just that so let's talk about emerald city and exactly what it turns out to be we find out that that Kynes has set it up with no transitional authority, no red hats, no IGA involvement at all, in fact. This is his own, like, petri dish experiment. And we have our first two little amoebas, Paul. Gracie and Bram. Let's talk about how they're doing.
0: Looks like Gracie's healed up, so that's, that's in the good column.
1: Didn't she look like she had aged so much? Like, she looks so mature.
0: I believe that Grace is doing that thing that child actors do, where they grow. that old thing yeah and so even though she started this series very small uh, i think she's right in that prime age where like in the first episode they had to dress her kind of generically young looking to try to mask the fact that she's getting much older than the character could be at this point so yeah now, this little time jump kind of allows for kind of like they do in uh, soap operas, right? Where one week they have a baby, then the baby goes off with the aunt. And then a month later, they come back and there's like a three-year-old.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like she, she, she was giving a school presentation and stuff. I swear to God, we were just teaching her how to read at the beginning of this entire show. So, uh, yeah, she has grown so much. She has a lot of growing concerns, however, Paul, about her parents. She is concerned that divorce is eminent here she asked bram and bram has turned out to be quite the surrogate parent
0: well i'm sure she notices what we all noticed like when the parents are in this in the same room together they don't talk they just kind of pass each other and go about their business
1: a hundred percent and bram is doing a fantastic job of stepping in from helping her with her presentation prep to actually having his own job paul
0: you know, amongst our little colony family, Bram has kind of a, a bad name because of the bad decisions he made as a younger man, as a as a teenager. He got into a lot of trouble. I mean, he got into enough trouble that he got taken to a prison camp, right? So he's made some choices. But in this third season, I think he's a totally different guy. Not that he's a different character and all of a sudden they've screwed up the character or something like that. I think it's more like he's grown up quite a bit and push comes to shove he has been there for his family may not do everything exactly by the book that they would want but i mean he's 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 raising gracie because they won't and he had other good things going for him this season i'm I'm. I've come around on Bram. I, I. I give him. I give him more, much more credit than a lot of other people do.
1: Me too. And I appreciated that they showed us that he had made a friend, like his coworker, that he was doing that. That delivery driving. I absolutely love the detail on the side of the truck that said, "Bringing your allocations to your location." Catchy. I thought that was adorable and clever, so clever. And he had, you know, he went off to a party, which I didn't really mind at all. I I know that in the past we might have been like, I can't believe he's sneaking out. But it seems like a safe place in general, you know, to do something like that. It didn't seem so weird. Turns out he has a girlfriend and he's actually met the parents. So that is like, wow, you're like moving forward, Bram. And then we have that part where he is in the I don't know what to call it, like the employment office or something like that. And he lets her know that he is interested in moving up and getting a better job because then he could get his own place. I mean, this is a guy who's actually really trying
0: not only get his own place, but he's specifically planning for the day when he might have to take care of Gracie solo because of his parents being so uninvolved. On the girlfriend front, I also don't begrudge him the girlfriend. My assessment of that little party, although there was probably underage drinking, that's not such like a a red flag for, these are all the worst kids in the world. These are more like normal kids. Everyone in there looked normal. The girlfriend wasn't skanky or anything like that. And they talked about things like you said, like meeting parents, which is a very... Normal thing to do, so Bram is doing a lot of normal he looks about 20 now stuff
1: I, I think he seems so relatable in a way that Bram just hadn't seen in so many other ways. maybe the world was just too weird you know for him to actually be able to fall in line and in this way, I felt like no he's totally doing all the things I would hope he would do honestly from watching out for Gracie to the jobs to the aspiration to wanting to do more. here's my one little worry moment with him. When that woman said, this is a safe place, you can tell me anything. I felt like.
0: That doesn't mean he's not still got some naivete in there.
1: Yes, because I think that in any way, implying that his parents were not going to be there. um, And anyway, I feel very concerned that perhaps there's going to be a little bit of extra spotlight on the Dalton Bowmans. Bowman Daltons. However, you say it.
0: <laughs> but Daltons.
1: But the Bo de the
0: Okay. Good. The Dolmans. The Dolmens.
1: I like Dolmens better. Yeah. Let's go with Dolmans. Okay. All right. So that takes care of the kiddos. Let's move over to Mom and Dad. Let's start off with
0: Mom. Oh, good old Mom. Mom. <laughs> this show could also be under under, what do you call it? Subtitled Role Reversal. Well, not exactly. Complete reversal, because Will was never willingly doing anything for the occupation. But she has a government job. She has drunk the Kool-Aid. She has sold out all of the beliefs that that got her in so much trouble in the in the first couple of seasons. Not the practices. But the beliefs that that got her in trouble in the first couple seasons in exchange for the safe the perceived safety of Seattle I would the-
1: say for the clean well lighted place, Paul, but yeah. more importantly for her you know one to have a job and the other one to. Have a school and and you know she's got clothes on her back and a beautiful house and food to eat. That is and a nice house. It is a very nice house, a very nice house. I'm with you. I I just I feel like she didn't have a choice here. I I do feel like for whatever reason. I mean, we're clearly collaborists at heart because I I really do feel like she was doing everything that I felt like was was fine, you know, in terms of of trying to live the life and do the job.
0: But she's acting like it's now. And it's not now, it's then. It's post-arrival. And so all those things that she used to do and like looking deeper and all that kind of stuff, she's not doing that anymore because she doesn't want to know the answer anymore.
1: I don't know if that's true.
0: Well, I mean, we see her start to do that this episode, but this episode's months into Their existence there.
1: Okay. So, all right. So that makes sense. So for months, she's just put her head down and work, right? So this is maybe why we're dropping in on them at this point is because this is the, this is a moment where she kind of started to to scratch a little deeper and she found something.
0: That's why you time a time jump the way that you do. Of is, course, is, you, we
1: only need to drop in if something new and different is happening. So that makes complete yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, all right. So, Katie Laura is uh, working at the old uh, refugee depot center there as the refugee advocate. And she is responsible for actually getting people off to their buses and being interviewed to do their intake and, you know, help them find their new place to live.
0: Basic civil servant kind of job.
1: So, we highlight this one individual family, the Winslows, and their daughter Bethany comes in and seeks out Katie slash Laura to to let her know that they are going to take off because they have not been given a place for months. And yeah, they're ex-
0: still living in those glamorous tents. Yeah. Could you imagine that tent that no. like eight by eight tent no. being for a family of three for like three months. I think they say,
1: no, no, I cannot at all. So I, I understand that, you know, this is a situation that they can't do everybody at once. And I thought that it gave a pretty good reason, you know, saying the whole thing about only the vital workers and, and people who have like very, um, uh, the most vulnerable, like the elderly or children or whatever need to be in houses and stuff first. So, I mean, it was a really good, good excuse. What did you think about this whole thing about there's a rumor that they're repopulating the L.A. block? So the Winslow's are just going to go ahead and take off for L.A.
0: Katie didn't seem to want to tip her hand about her you know, experience in L.A., But I think she was clearly uncomfortable with the idea of anybody going back there. If you had a crime scene that you were involved with, but no one was ever going to go there again, you might be like, well, no one's going to find out that I was at that crime scene when the crime happened. But now people are going to go back, maybe. So that's a very uncomfortable feeling for her.
1: Interesting. Okay, so I I did not key into that part, but that makes complete sense to me that, you know, that obviously going back there is just going to, you know, pick a scab off of the of the wound that is LA. I was thinking more from the standpoint of like is the block habitable? Uh, our old house, uh Maddie, uh Hudson, you know, all the all the people and the things that they left behind if they were repopulating LA, well isn't there some part that seems like you might want to go home, back to your house?
0: Oh, you mean like she would go there herself? Hmm. Maybe.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that the pause I, was a pregnant pause. I thought that there was a lot that was going on. And, and one of the things that would run across my own brain would be like my own bed, you know?
0: She seems to like the bed here. A lot of things are better here. You could see why she would want to stay here. Things were worse there.
1: I just mean in a nostalgic way. I don't don't mean in a practical, it's important to be back in my bed. I mean like in a remember when, you know, remember when I lived in in LA, you know, I had another son, that kind of thing, you know.
0: That'd be more painful then. They have moments. Charlie's never had to live in this house. You don't look around this house and see Charlie.
1: They do have that moment where that little boy was walking onto the onto the bus and she does pause. And so Charlie's clearly on her brain and is, is going to be carried out. I really thought we were going to have more of a time to actually mourn Charlie even for a second. Yeah. Maybe that's still coming because we can see this marriage is coming apart at the seams. So maybe they're going to have to acknowledge this.
0: It seems to suggest that they haven't had that mourning yet.
1: They, they're barely speaking to each other, it yeah. seems. So yeah, I completely agree with that. A part of her job in in beyond the Winslows is the the responsibility to have these parties and to be a part of these like sort of I don't what would you even describe them as? Like It seemed like it was almost like a campaign meeting or something that she was having at her house, but I I didn't quite get exactly what they were trying to do at this party.
0: They were telling the neighborhood about their new watch captain. He had a Golf shirt with a badge sewn into it. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> when very Will, official. When Will says, "Nice uniform." Or, <laughs> or whatever his comment was about the uniforms. Like that was pretty funny. That Be- was
1: hysterical. Well, and also he says, "You know, police work's not my
0: thing." Yeah, like when he, you know, he wore when he wore a badge, he wore a suit to work. You know, and so then this guy is wielding. Police authority over him and he's wearing a golf shirt with a badge sewn into it. Like a like a child's costume. Right. Like it's gonna
1: say sheriff on the pin. <laughs> yeah, the right. little stars. Exactly
0: right. Yeah, That's
1: hilarious. I love it. Well, so it turns out that this party is a really tipping point. Katie has already, you know, exposed that she was not really into the parenting aspect of stuff, but it turns out also they are not really into this husband and wife aspect of life. So we really see a t- ton of issue with their marriage will has apparently completely abandoned niceties when the co-worker for katie comes over and is all like hey listen you need to like act cooler and be nicer he's like thanks for the tip toots totally like closes the door on her face so this leads to a sad
0: argument it was kind of an argument it, it was an argument in the sense that there was bad blood and that no one left happy. But it wasn't uh, really an argument in that uh will just he just kind of shut down from the whole thing and just left arguments at least kind of have some back and forth. And he was just more like, yeah, whatever, I'm leaving. Well, whatever, Well, OK, it go.
1: so let's back up a little bit. So she starts talking about how she didn't really ask him to do anything for this party except for just be cool. You know, that's all that she had cleaned the house, done the food, prepped everything. And and all he had to do is kind of be cool. And he goes back and forth with her about the idea of like, I don't understand why you're like so all in. And she's all like, uh, because this is our life now. And he's all this isn't the Katie Bowman. I know. I mean, that's my back and forth, you know, uh-huh. right there where, you know, and she's like, I left that life behind and all that business. So to me, I thought it was a full fledged argument. I mean, I, I thought it was obviously Exposing a ton about how much that they have changed. And it was interesting because I bet if we look back at season one, there's a fair shot that she might have said something like, this isn't the Will Bowman I married at some point. Questioning his ability to collaborate and his ability to go along, to get along. But all that
0: stuff is sort of bullshit compared to the other stuff that is... Very par for the course for this couple in this show, which is, do I even want to know what you're doing at night? And then that was his time to share, right? Where he could have shared the information about the people missing and why he's doing it and all that kind of stuff. But instead, he was like, no, you don't want to know. That has been like a hallmark of this show, right, is is the way that they kind of... Perpetuate the storyline is by hiding information from from me. from each other until it's like in your face that unless we share information, we're all dead.
1: And I think that we're probably right on the precipice of that exact moment because we have two simultaneous storylines going on here. We have Katie with the Winslows and she decides that she wants to follow up with the Winslows after she gets them successfully placed. I did really like the interaction with the co-worker with there about the maybe you missed something in the first interview and all that stuff. I thought that that was cool that was actually clever writing and i liked all of that and then you know she finally gets this this couple a place and she just wants to follow up she has this need to make sure that they're safe and they're okay and she shows up and the whole place is empty question mark this place has lights on this place has a seemingly like a almost like a foyer lobby kind of area when she's first walking up to the door you can see it's like a nice place did no one ever live here But they just keep up some sort of weird facade because I'm confused about the idea that like there's nothing on the walls and there's no furniture. But yet, like all the hallway lights are on and the lights are all in on in the foyer in a way that's like, who are you tricking? And since you can see from the outside that there's no furniture in any of the rooms Uh, how tricky is this
0: excellent question i mean i was running through scenarios in my mind right now like would you actually bother taking the people up to their rooms and then be like nah we got you we're stealing you guys bye and or that seems like a lot of effort (laughs) you would just keep driving the bus you
1: would and so you would never have even gone there i don't believe so i mean i I guess there was maybe you drive
0: the bus by it to keep people calm, but then you steal them and do whatever you're doing with Busty.
1: Well, the fact that there's no furniture in the whole place indicated that no one ever stayed there even for a day. So it was like...
0: It looked brand new. Huh. I mean, the outside was a little rough, but the inside looked like... I know. I'm very... It looked conf- like it had, still had new apartment smell. So is you know? it
1: like people weren't moved in yet? Or you're never right. I mean, going to be there? I don't know. I'm confused. Why would I really all the lights am.
0: be on? Why would... Uh why would it be so thoroughly completed? I mean it had like crown molding and stuff. So it was like Yeah,
1: it just seemed like the kind of place that like that in this storyline should have ended up being like an empty lot. You know, when she pulled up to the address, it should have ended up being like a, a dilapidated gas station or something. You know, something that like was like definitely not where people ever lived.
0: This is spookier than that though. I mean um, it
1: is but it, cause it's confusing to me because I can't figure out why would you have such a nice clean perfectly habitable place if you will a clean well-lighted place with no humans there at all like what are you who are you putting that front up for because it's not a thorough enough front to make anyone think anyone ever lived there but you went so far as to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah I don't know. It's very confusing to me. I obviously, though, it's this giant indicator that people aren't where they're supposed to be. That's the main thing. People are not where they're expected to be anymore. And they are somehow like out of our system. And
0: now it's finally in Katie's face.
1: Very, very much so. And so now she's starting to understand that something that she's doing here isn't working out the way she thought it would. That coincides very nicely with... Will slash James's story where he is a cab driver, apparently, is like our our the position that he is with the Seattle block.
0: Did you see on the side of his card had an insignia and phonetically it said gypsy, but it was like J Y P and then C was like a letter underneath those letters.
1: Well so I did see that, but what does that mean?
0: I don't know. But <laughs> I assumed gypsy, it was like huh? it meant it meant Uber, whatever it was.
1: Okay, intrigue. I wonder what that means, though. That's weird. All right, that is very, very curious. So, he is doing the the cab driving during the day, but at nighttime, he's doing this private eye work. Now, I was pretty confused at first about whether this private eye work was on the up and up or not.
0: He does explain by the end of the episode that this is a private endeavor that he has come across enough evidence of people not being where they're supposed to be just organically that he is now offering his services to people that know of someone that should be there that isn't as a person finder. I wonder what his success rate is.
1: Me too. I wonder if there's a lot of other stories or not. I I am not sure. This does not seem like it's his first case, if you will. Does not. But then at the same time, it's like, This was the case that sort of went extra awry, I guess, because we end up with a dead person in the mix. I appreciated that they used this little microcosm of the Terry Lennox story to basically expose the bigger idea that people are disappearing. There was like a two line section there where he says, engineers, doctors and soldiers are just going missing. And there's something that's weird about it. Now, this particular case is not quite as weird as all that, but it is more of a case of someone having an affair and just opting to... uh, to live out their life in a different way it's the apocalypse baby i'm not waiting any longer can i tell you exactly when i knew that we were dealing with the original husband that we were looking for please it was when he was in the kitchen and will slash james says i'm doing some work for a woman daisy lennox and he's like really and he's like have you ever met her and the quote unquote Mr. Crane says, Yeah, she talks too much and she's hard to be around. I was like, eh, You're her husband. You're the one. You, 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 you. That was the big moment that it was definitely him. <laughs> no one describes another man's wife like that. Good night, Irene. That is ex husband fodder there
0: you might be surprised but but yeah that was a pretty good indicator i missed it but yeah pretty good in hindsight
1: oh man i thought that was like the big big red flashing light so it turns out that will actually uses the little boy driving around this little car on the rug and then follows the breadcrumbs over to the mechanics chop shop and puts it all together that this is not Mr. Crane, so much as Terry Lennox himself, and they have to have a little duel
0: <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. I mean, it's not like Will is wearing his ranger outfit or something, but I mean, when a dude challenges you to hit him, he knows that he's already won the fight. No one does that if unless they they know what to do in that situation. I don't do that to anybody. Like, hit me. No, I'm never going to say that.
1: Do you know, like, one of the only times that I feel like someone has told us to hit them was Will Sutton. Do you remember that, Sitch? Because he knew... like, Yes. And so he kept begging us to grab him
0: or... Grab his wrist,
1: Punch at him. Yeah, do anything to, like, you know, instigate something. And I was always like, way william i am never going to grab your wrist because i i've never seen you actually do anything but i do that is when someone says that you're that's the that's your indicator to walk away the i that that was my big takeaway from the will james storyline here was this whole people are disappearing it's absolutely reinforced with katie's storyline that here's an, an individual story of the winslows that she's also having how long given their shaky marriage before the dolmens have a heart-to-heart about each of them having clients with these issues.
0: Oh, it's not going to be something nice and simple where one of them is just at home enjoying a beer and then with their hands holding their head or anything like that. And the other one comes up and is like whatever could be wrong with you. Well, to be honest, I've been working all these cases at night. Oh, Will, you said you were done with that life. Well, I'm not. And I'm finding out that all these people are missing. You know what? I found out that people are missing too. It's not going to go down like that.
1: No, no. Paul just did like an entire shadow puppet routine.
0: It's going to be much worse. It's going to be Like the end of the first season, remember when they finally run into each other because Katie has been party to trying to kill a host? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and will needs to get the body back or they're going to she kill was, everybody in la he was like
1: open this door yeah. remember that part that's yeah.
0: that's when they had their heart to heart uh in season <laughs> one
1: true <laughs> right? true that true that well you know what i mean that fight that they had where she's like this discussion is not finished and he's like oh we're finished and he like slams the door and then he ends up taking a siesta in the car that night. Uh, I, I just don't know where these two birds are going. I don't know if they can go back to that place.
0: The place they were in involved Charlie. And, uh, and since we didn't get to see how they dealt with that or if they've dealt with that, it may not be possible. I mean, I think—is
1: it possible that, that they would possibly have these 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 characters separate you know, for real, like actually mm, not be a family or actually not be married anymore? Is that a thing? Is that even possible? I mean, is that on the table for all of these question marks of divorce and for all of the question marks of this is such a ragtag marriage at this point? Stuff like—is there any percentage in your brain that this ends with the two of them not married?
0: No, I me mean, If this was like an eight-season show, maybe. But this is like a three or four season show.
1: I agree. And so I'm with you wholeheartedly. Like there's no chance that they are going to leave them divorced. I don't believe. So in that case, these arguments and stuff or any of the sleeping in the car and the we're finished, it's like, all right, all right. Now, sim it down. You know, like, let's just move on because I know you're not divorcing. Maybe something else is going to happen. Maybe we will get to the part of actually like some sort of separate homes. But I, I can't even imagine that a society like this can even tolerate that kind of bullshit. Because the reality is like people are sleeping in tents. Yeah. So you don't get to be like not getting along in your household. So you need like more than one house.
0: It will come to a head one way or the other. They will have to deal with this Charlie thing. They'll see that that they're feeling the same things, but they're acting out in different ways.
1: Can I tell you who and what the catalyst will be? Bramson. Broussard.
0: When Whoa. Broussard gets
1: in the back of, their, of James's slash William's cab and is like so what do you think how is this going along for one thing will totally exhaled like ah, finally you know like i i never saw such relief in his face and that he's actually happy to see broussard lets us know how much has this character changed right but i think broussard is going to be the magical like marshmallow in the middle to bring katie and james Katie and James or Laura and Will, however you'd like to say it at this point, <laughs> back together again. Because I think they're going to have to tell what happened to Charlie to Broussard. And then that's how we deal with Charlie. Because he's going to come in and say, where's Charlie?
0: The little look on on Will's face wasn't like, oh, geez, this guy. It was more like, I'm glad you're here. So there's There's that. some
1: shit going on.
0: And we already know that Katie has... Something more than friend feelings about Broussard. Maybe not romantic, but not just like, hey, I, I saw you at work the other day. There's more no, than that.
1: There's no way they actually have like a Broussard, Katie Laura.
0: No, not romance. But like, I think he's he's a few notches up from just plain old friend. Oh, I completely
1: her. agree with that. More like a so,
0: mentor, you know? Can
1: they bring him into their home? Is he even allowed to be in the block? Did he get here legally? Is he in here? Did he go through the process? What's the sitch? What do you Mm, think? I mean, I I know they didn't show us. I believe
0: he is sneaking around. Okay. Did you notice he was super clean shaven as opposed to the scraggly beard? That may just be, you know, he's back in civilization for the first time in a while.
1: Well, so what do you mean then, sneaking around? Like, so then he did go through like some sort of intake? No,
0: no. But how
1: was he all clean shaven if he didn't, like, how did he get rations or anything?
0: Well, I mean, he's a skilled. Operator. He uh, stole
1: a shaving kit, you're saying?
0: Uh, he might have. Someone's shaving allocation might have gone missing. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> might have fallen off the back of a truck. Okay, so here's my question mark. Do they take him in? Is that the sitch? Is he going to come hide in their house?
0: I don't think that Will's going to invite him over right away. No. No, what? Uh, that's not how they do things on this show. Well, what is it? What do you think is going to happen? I think those two birds are going to work together a little while and, and get a theory going. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, we're going to have to get out of here. So that means we've got to convince Katie because she's become this weird true believer all of a sudden.
1: Well, I feel the belief is worn off here once the (laughs) Winslow's room was completely empty. I feel like uh, she's going to take her sad houseplant and limp home. Okay, so then the questions that we've come up with for this episode were, of course, where are the people going? That's really the main thrust of this entire episode. And I think there's only really... Two clear possibilities with like a possible third, I suppose. But I got to say, I mean, we know they're building factories. We learned that from the Proxy Snyder episode.
0: Mm -hmm. And the guy Winslow, they reclassified him as construction.
1: Well, whenever they said laborers are Mm -hmm. needed. Wah, wah. Right. Never claim you're a, a laborer. I don't even know what a, maybe you just need to say you're an artist or something. Like I'm trying to think of like, what would be an acceptable.
0: Right thing to be Uh, doing well let's see i'm a journalist a a free thinker
1: uh right i knit
0: do you work with your hands well i mean i need my hands to never type right no
1: (laughs) never i'm so not mechanical (laughs) <laughs> okay, and the other thing, though, if not factories, then some idea of, like, what are those pods? I know that, I mean, we we have to get back to what the heck was happening with those pods. And why would old Mr. Kynes need to be talking with the hosts unless he is creating some sort of mesh between Emerald City and, like, the great beyond? Something going on in space. Ultimately,
0: me. Seattle can't be so on its own that it's not still contributing to the collective.
1: I think that they're on its own, meaning not IGA, not Red Hat, but meaning... Like, they still have
0: to kick in their tribute.
1: They have to do something to write for the host. So, but get this ball. If you think about it, you know, Seattle's the space needle. Oh. So I'm saying maybe that we have to have some connection direct to space. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing, but I do think that it is asking some good questions. I'm super glad about time jumps. I'm super glad Broussard is back. You guys know, like, we were not the biggest Broussard fans this entire time. So to be able to say, I am so relieved that Broussard jumped into Will's car it's like, wow, if you had asked me last season if I would have said that or this season before. No, but here we are. That's what an alien invasion will do to you. Turn you right upside the head, Paul.
0: I was glad when I saw Broussard and I was gladder that Will gladder that Will was r- relieved looking to yeah, see receptive. the guy. Yeah. He totally
1: was. I also like to say mad props to bringing back knee-high boots on Katie. I thought they look
0: adorbs. I didn't even notice.
1: I did because we talked about fashion in the resistance camp and how like everyone had like standard issue army jackets. So to see them like actually wearing regular clothes with like a scarf and like boots and stuff was like, oh,
0: this show hasn't been big on office casual (laughs) or whatever they call business casual. That's true. So, yeah.
1: So I love it. All right. Well, any other stray thoughts on this episode?
0: It felt like. Like watching a totally different show, you know, because of the role reversals and the time jump and all that. And I really liked that aspect. I couldn't have that every week because then it would be impossible to figure out what's going on. But I did enjoy the extra element of needing to figure out certain things like Point in time and new relationship dynamics and all that kind of stuff. I got a little extra enjoyment rather than confusion because I was able to figure it all out by the end of the episode. Yeah, Uh, I got extra enjoyment out of it.
1: I like exactly where you're going with that. I liked that they each had like a small mystery, like the Terry Lennox mystery and the Winslow mystery that all play into this larger overarching story. But we could come to some amount of a conclusion to those individual storylines. They kind of melded together, you know, by the end. But like we followed their story. It wasn't just like a little dip into Terry Lennox. I mean, the entire time, that's what we were doing, you know? With Will. And then the entire time we were worrying about the Winslows, you know? Yeah. So I, I liked that they used like a really small stories uh, for both of them to move us a little bit further along to asking the right question in this bigger story. So I hope you guys are excited about our remaining episodes. How many do we have left, Paul?
0: Let's see. How many do we have left? This was seven. So we have six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13 awesome so we're
1: like halfway through so that really feels good at this point that we're like we've got a pretty good chunk of of episodes to move us forward and they don't seem to have a problem using these time jumps so who knows where we'll end up by the end it could be like 2050 by the end of this whole story right in the year 2050 Wow. And on that note, you guys, I thank you guys so much for listening. You can listen to us on Monday and Wednesday nights on So Many Shows TV Talk at 8 o'clock central. And then also we are always around on dailyreview.com, Daily Review on Twitter and Facebook, as well as so many shows.com.
0: Thanks a lot. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software, our website, dailyreview.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y-Review.com facebook or twitter or wherever you find us please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show
1: thanks for listening pot people thanks
0: for listening to my mom and dad you don't have to go home but you can't stay here just go home folks